1: instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. I'm Sheila Shoyga, and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations, the podcast series right I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. This week, I decided to zone in on a topic that I know a lot of you are interested in, so I asked relationship coach Annie Lavin into the studio for a chat. Content being single herself, she's experienced the trials and tribulations it's taken to reach this point. And in this conversation, we talk about singledom, dating in the time of corona, the importance of acceptance wherever you are in life and she also answers some questions that were sent in on Instagram as well. Here it is. So all we can do today is go with the flow, see where it takes us but I definitely was passionate about chatting to you about about being single because it's something that I was myself for a period of years and was a huge period of growth in my own life and a time that I look back very fondly on um, and I think it was really important that I was single. And I think it's something that we're uncomfortable sometimes addressing, you know, because there's a lot of social pressure that comes with when you're single and if you should be single and should you be in a relationship or whatever it is. So I wanted us to have a chat about it because I have given talks in front of people and they have asked me afterwards, how do you get OK with being single? Mm-hmm. And for me, it didn't happen overnight. You know, it was a slower, slower process. Uh, but once I got OK with this, I loved it. So much so that I was I was reluctant to even explore being in a relationship again. So um, so anyway, this is me chatting away and this is not about me. I'd love to hear about you. So can you talk to us a little bit about yourself and um, just to give a sense of you to the, those listening? What drew you to this type of work? Mm. Um, the fact that you are dealing not just with people in relationships, but also people who are single.
2: Yeah, I love your intro. Um, I love that you're able to comment on the fact that it's possible to have a really fulfilling whole life um, and to feel really, really confident in being single. Yeah. But as you said, there's lots of people who just don't feel that way. And my own journey was similar. You know, I had to come to this place where I feel really confident and um, I suppose I feel as though I have, um, I'm living a fulfilled life and a lot of people actually can believe that a partner is the person who will support them in feeling complete or whole and I think that's, um, that can be a real It's dangerous. Yeah, it can be a real trouble if you are holding on to that belief really strongly because then you're kind of um, you're you're kind of putting that job or that responsibility or you're you're farming out that job or that responsibility to somebody else when actually the joy that can come from from doing that inner work is mm. something that actually stands you um, for a whole lifetime, I think, in terms of building inner strength.
1: Completely. And I think for those listening, if if this is all they take away from it, so if you're single and you're listening right now and you're struggling, if this was the only thing you were to possibly take from this conversation, I hope you'll take many things. That's a really important one, because oftentimes I think in society, we're bombarded with this notion of, as you said, needing to be fixed or healed or or feeling complete by somebody else Mm. being in the mix. That is it's that is it's so destructive, I think, Mm. because the whole the whole purpose of 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 connecting with ourselves in a true way is to embrace who we are and to feel complete in ourselves. So then we're when we do actually potentially meet somebody and if we do potentially decide, OK, let's let's make a go of this. Let's see if we know where this takes us, that you're not, you know, putting that responsibility, that pressure on somebody else, which is it is too much. It is too mm. much and it's bound to cause friction and issue and pressure for you and the other person.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's also really disempowering, I think, for yourself to believe that, you know, the the only way that I can find fulfillment or happiness is through a partner or a relationship. But, you know, I think there are lots of people in life who want things that just, you know, they can't have at that particular time and having to accept that is really, really difficult and really challenging. And there's, there's still so much social stigma around being single, I think, past a certain age that, i think it would be um it would be a shame if we were to overlook that because i think you know as much as we can feel you know there's 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 space for me to look inwards and to do all of that inner work, you know, our environment ultimately can have a huge impact on how we feel as well. So if yeah. if we're kind of believing um, the external message that, uh, you know, the 2.4 family and, and a partner is the ideal, then if I'm not meeting that, what does that say about me? So I think that's a lot of the suffering and the pain that singles come to me with in the work that I do. And some of the hardest parts about being in that space is feeling as though they're helpless in it you know that there's nothing i can do about this my circumstances as they are and i think that's really that's really where the idea for the work that i do came from it's it's to it's to empower people to realize actually there's so much i can do to prepare myself for healthy intimate love and for them to realize okay well it starts with really having to journey inwards and and we start from that place But um, most people who work with me will will claim that actually they wish they started this journey sooner because they found that there's Real new joy that they hadn't expected in actually doing this, rather than the ultimate goal being that I meet a partner. They they discover through the work actually this is enjoyable. Getting to know me is enjoyable, um, as opposed to the idea that you know if I meet the partner then everything starts to fall into place. So it's kind of like um, I don't know. Would you say it's kind of working in reverse, or is it is it actually exactly what we need to do to be to be available to somebody fully? Because I think there's a huge difference. Uh, being in relationship with somebody who, you know, there's an energy of like real neediness about. I really need to be in this relationship or I really need you get the sense that the other person really needs you rather than just wants to share, you know, with Mm. you in relationship. I think that's there's a real distinction between the two.
1: And whether we know it or not, you can feel it from somebody Mm. when they're giving off that need energy. Absolutely. And and I've done it maybe perhaps myself, but I've certainly seen it in action. And you can just sense that somebody is is craving and wants something Mm -hmm. so much. But in actual fact, that energy has the opposite effect they want. Mm -hmm. Because when you're putting out that feeling of of real want and desire all the time, it actually pushes people away, is my thinking on it. I, I remember hearing this lovely saying once, and it was about this little girl looking for ladybirds in the garden. And she's looking, 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 can't find them anywhere. And then she's so tired at the end of the day that she falls asleep in the grass. And when she wakes up, they're crawling all over her. Mm. You know, it's when you stop looking and you let go of that need to have. And I found for me a big part of even just opening myself to the possibility of allowing something new in and not just in relationships in many, many different facets of my life. And it's it's been a huge uh, process for me, the um, the study, the meditation, the act of letting go and surrendering to trusting Mm. in the flow of life, you know, Um, and I know we've both spoken about divine timing, whether that's going to manifest in a relationship or in a child or in a job offer or whatever it is, Mm. you got to let go. You got to just trust Mm. that something has your back. and oftentimes we're we're clinging on so hard that we can't see what, is, what else is available to us because we're we're so zoned in on this one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and energetically, I think people just they don't know what it is, but they can sense it, you know, and, and it's, it's actually off-putting, you know, when you mm-hmm. sense somebody really wants something because it's fear based, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And you just want to go over to that person and say, you're all right, just let go. You're actually brilliant as you are. You just got to let go a little bit, mm-hmm. let loose, you know. <laughs> Is it true?
2: I love it. I love <laughs> the ladybird analogy. I love it's cute, that isn't it? image. Oh, it's so gorgeous! I have little shivers in my body thinking about that. But <laughs> yeah, th- and I know it's easy to say these words, and some people listening might be going, it
1: really look, it's feck- easy for you to be saying this." But I mean, I'm I'm saying this from the perspective because there were a gazillion voice notes between mm. the two of us. I was single for four years, so my 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 I suppose, in a first comma, story is uh, that led me to being single was. I went through a breakup that was that was really tough towards the end of my cancer treatment so I was 33 when I went through a breakup and for a period of four years after that I was single and initially I didn't want to be single Uh, and then I didn't know who I was without being in a relationship because I was always that person that was in a relationship and then I realized god I, I need to do this I need to be on my own and discover who I am and what makes me tick and it was a it was a period of, of huge learning in my life. Uh, and then I got so comfortable with it that I, I didn't know whether being in a relationship was going to be in my future. And also I I wasn't really that concerned about it too much anymore, you know, where I could just if this is my path, well then I am really content with this. Um and and I don't know how that happened and it didn't happen overnight, but it happened through a lot of work, I suppose a lot of as you talk about with your clients, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of examining behaviors mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't prepared to settle. Mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared to just be in a relation for the sake of it. And I do think there's a lot of that. Sometimes people feel, you know, that um, they should just you know, be with somebody because it's easier. And actually that in itself is won't do anyone any good
2: mm, to I just settle. You brought that up. Yeah. yeah and it sounds like your journey actually was a process of letting go you know so this in notion way. of letting go sometimes people think that can just happen as you know uh, overnight or should I just be able to let go and like letting go is, is like we said it's a process that can occur over a number of years or certainly over a longer time frame than what we might initially think so I think um, when we speak about letting go sometimes that isn't really that should be written in the small print somewhere because I think people can get very frustrated and agitated if they feel they're not able to let go. You know, that they're really kind of clinging on to this um, idea that I need to be in a relationship to feel okay. Um, And what you've described there about, you know, uh, not settling, I think is really important that we mention it because for a lot of people, if the stigma is... I'm the ideal or the holy grail is that I'm in a relationship, then then I might sacrifice actually my well-being. And and, in lots of lots of clients that I work with, they have done that. You know, they might not be aware of that on a on a conscious level. But when we really start to explore the dynamics that were at play in their relationship, we start to realize actually how healthy was this? Yeah, Mm. because I, I, I don't know where this this starts or ends, but. And um, when we grow up in, in families where they can be quite enmeshed or there's a lot of codependence, I think we we can then not really know the difference between what's healthy and what's unhealthy in adult intimate relationships later on in life. So that can be the source of an awful lot of pain for people. It's it's what you know defining define what is healthy love define what what um what would symbolize a good relationship versus a not so good relationship and for me the the easiest or, or the most simplest way i can define it is that codependence is one end of the spectrum and independence is the other so it's 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 not seen to be ideal or healthy to be at either end of those spectrums but to to try and find yourself somewhere in the middle, which is um, a term called interdependence. Okay. so I'm not overly dependent on this other person and they're not overly dependent on me, but neither are we so independent that we don't cross paths at all or we don't connect. Connection is a really um, a really strong value of mine and a term Mm. that i used to speak about quite a lot especially in relationships where i would have felt there's a real lack of connection here and i'm craving that how do i achieve this thing called connection so an awful lot of my work is built around this idea of healthy connections so it's not about just achieving any relationship it's about choosing you know achieving a healthy intimate one and of course that has to start with yourself so yeah yeah and then
1: like all like all relationships, even if they look like the picture perfect one, mm-hmm. they'll all have issues. They'll all will all it always requires compromise. Mm-hmm. There's always stuff that comes up. And as you said, and it's really interesting, and I do think the process of examining our own home life and our own environment growing up and what we saw as normal because we are products of our own upbringing. Mm-hmm. And we're bringing all of that stuff to the table when we enter into a relationship yes. and stuff that can arise can be learned behaviors. And it's not about blaming your parents or your caregivers or whoever reared you, but it is about recognizing, well, yeah, this is this has been ingrained in me from 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 early doors. Um, and and sometimes we need to almost retrain ourselves to let go of certain behaviors if they're not serving us in our adulthood. Um, but I do think it's interesting that sometimes I don't know if you feel the same, but I feel like with any relationship I've been in, there's always this pivotal moment, not even a moment, but a phase that you go through where it goes from being the kind of the lovely, exciting dating and everything is amazing to now you hit the real stuff. Now you're getting down to business. And that's when conflict can arise. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people just want to run for the hills when that happens. They're just not able. It's like, this is too hard. But actually, that's where there's gems to be found. If you can try and kind of work through stuff that can potentially help both parties in the mix. Uh, but. That sometimes is not something that people want to do, male or female. I
2: think it depends so much on what your goal or your objective of being in relationship is, you know, if it's to be uh, if it's to have someone uh, to be a companion and, you know, you go and do nice things together and it's all very much on the surface, then when it comes to doing that real work and that, you know, that area where you want to grow with a person, then you know that when when it reaches that point, both those people who just want the surface level of a relationship there there probably will be cracks that will start to appear. But if you're a couple that are aligned in your values in okay, we want to grow together, and that this is part of why we are together, then actually it can become although like you said, really challenging, it can be the thing that um. That gives you so much fulfillment and satisfaction to realize, okay, here we are coming together with completely different, you know, paths and completely different ways of being brought up in households and families and and how does this work? You know, so it's almost inevitable that there's going to be clashes because I don't think no two people um, really come from the exact same background, the exact same experiences in life.
1: Yeah. What Mm. do you think about um, people who are, you know, quite different? Mm. Being attracted to each other. So if, you're, if your fundamentals are similar, as in the the really important stuff that you're on a similar wavelength, but then when it comes to other things,
2: very, very different. Mm. Is is that good or, or not so good from your experience? I, I think anything, anything works. You know, you co-create your relationship. So I really don't like this sort of um, idea of there being a list of rules around, you know, how it should be or how it shouldn't be. I think if you can align on values, they're like i talk to clients about <clears throat> understanding their needs you know their their yeah. non-negotiable needs and uh, I know it has kind of an American um, <laughs> take on things, but I, I, I like it because what it means is it's kind of like these are your deal breakers. Yeah. So if you're to meet someone, for example, if you're somebody who's decided that you want children, you want to create a family and you meet a partner who doesn't want that. So then early on, you would have to make that decision, you know, whilst you're dating that maybe this won't be a great partnership because ultimately, won't, you know, my, my needs won't be fulfilled. Um so I think if you have clarity on what your non negotiable needs are and you can assess for those. <laughs> Again, that language No, no, <laughs> I hey, I'm, myself as I say no, it. No,
1: I'm he- I'm here for it. I am absolutely here for it.
2: You know, there will be people who listen and, and probably will be turned off by these ideas because they can sound a little bit clinical but Really, the purpose of them is that we have some clarity around what it is we really want. So when you have a clear sense of what you want, you also have a clear sense of what you don't want. Yeah. So I think it just makes the process of making a decision, uh, you know, a very conscious decision about the person you're going to spend your life with or at least spend some part of your life with or a relationship with. It just can help that to go that little bit easier.
1: Am I right in thinking as well, when you come to the table with with those, those values that are important to you, mm. I think from my experience and, and, and not again, this is just kind of we're talking about relationships or being single, but this can filter out into other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. I think what you do get from the other person is respect, mm-hmm. because if you are valuing yourself and you're honoring what is important to you, that straight away it's the other person saying, OK, well, they care a lot about themselves.
2: Absolutely. That's important. So important. And, and and the topic of boundaries is a huge one. And again, I don't know if it comes down to being Irish or does it come down to just being human, that sometimes we don't like to say no. You know, we're kind of in this space of people-pleasing and thinking that, you know, um, I don't want to let the other person down, but ultimately you have to have a, an internal boundary around, you know, am I am I letting myself down? You know, if I am continuing with something that really deep down doesn't feel right for me or I know in some ways isn't really serving me, isn't meeting my needs and so on.
1: This is reminding me of a message I got last night, one of the direct messages. I didn't actually send it on to you, but it was somebody who said, I'm in a relationship now. I'm not sure I'm paraphrasing. I'm not sure he's liking who I am. Should I change myself for him? And when I read it, I just I I felt really sad, to be honest, Mm. um, that somebody would think that that they need to change themselves. But I suppose truthfully, Many of us have have been in relationships where we've tried to mold ourselves a certain way mm-hmm. to uh, to be the person that the other person wants, and yeah. and that's that is no way to be.
2: And and it's it's the kind of thing I think that when you're you know in a long term relationship having conversation having conversations about what works for me what doesn't work for me I think that's that's really okay that's really healthy and there may be elements of your personalities that you may have to adapt or change and and your relationship dynamics I think that's okay but when it comes to early stages of relationships and you have somebody kind of mm, passing comment on on how they don't like this about you or or you know in some way I don't know, that there's some unhealthy habits and you're noticing them. I mean, they're red flags and I really think everyone should educate themselves a little bit around um, what it is, you know, what those red flags can can be um, at early stages of dating and and this idea that I would be with somebody who would criticise or um, make comment on how I am, that that in itself is really unhealthy and you have to be aware of that when it's happening because so many people who end up in... Uh, really unhealthy toxic relationships they start out with these little niggles that you probably do notice early on but on some level perhaps you're pushing it down because mm. the idea of being single may not support this idea of what the, the vision i have for my life or what whatever whatever version of that that you might have so it's um yeah so it's really important that when it comes to people passing comments early on that you're aware of that it's interesting
1: when um when we look at people's behaviours, you know, there's that saying when somebody shows you who they are, believe Believe them them. the first time, you know, and and oftentimes I think we look through rose-tinted glasses and 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 also sometimes there's a a feeling um, and I suppose I'm speaking generally that you think, I'll be able to fix them. (laughs) I'll be able able to knock that out of them or, you know, (laughs) give them a while with me and I'll, you know, it will mould them. That that kind
2: of just cracked. Think about it. That thinking is so common amongst, um, I, th- I think in particular, um, women hold that view that, you know, I can fix, I can change yeah. this kind of caretaker uh, mentality. Or, or is it just extreme optimism, but it's damaging? Yeah. Um, there's a book that was written in the 80s called um, Women Who Love Too Much. And that can be a great, uh, that could be a great um Reading for somebody who feels as though they're constantly attracting in people that they want to fix or they think at least they want to fix. And, and where do the where where do, does the roots of that come from? You know, is this kind of a pattern that you have extended from, you know, your family of origin as okay. a child? Is it something you maybe did um, and just to, to, to bring some awareness to that?
1: Mm. Mm. OK, do you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to open up my phone. And I'm going to go through some of the Instagram messages that that I was sent last night because we have various themes. We have, uh, you know, people asking about what it's like to date during this time, during time of, of COVID-19. We have people who are grieving the loss, of their relationships, people who are single and maybe struggling with it and many, many others. So I'm just going to throw one out here. The first one I see is I'm 38, I'm divorced. I have two daughters and I'm in a new relationship. Uh, I've been in this relationship for three years now, but it's just not right. But I fear being on my own.
2: Mm. Yeah. So I guess there's a few parts to that and where I'd probably start is inquiring, what what is the fear? Like, what is this thing that, that, that is really scary about being single? Um, so this lady mentioned she has children. She has come from a divorce. So I wonder what legacies are being left over from that divorce that you know may be a part of this current relationship. And she's saying she feels it's not right. So again, what is it that she's feeling is not right about the relationship? Mm. And you'd wonder is it,
1: is, it, is it security for her kids that mm. she wants to have somebody else in the house? It's all of that. So I suppose it's it's difficult to answer when you don't see the it's full really hard when you don't the full picture. picture. Mm. But that fear of being on your own is common mm. because a lot of people stay in relationships or maybe are not fulfilling or maybe are not, as she has just said they're right. Mm-hmm. But it's a person believes that is better than the alternative, which is being on your own.
2: Mm. And the really interesting thing about this belief, you know, that I'm afraid of being on my own is that sometimes when you scratch the surface or you inquire with people, you can find that actually in the relationship that they might be in, that they might already be feeling as though they're on their own anyway. You know that there's very much like an emotional sort of um, intimacy that might be missing. So mm. really, this notion of being with somebody else—it's kind of fulfilling um, some idea of having having a person who can emotionally fulfill me. But actually, when you do that work yourself, you realize the the additional extra of having somebody there—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it really is an addition to you being able to be there for yourself and emotionally meet yourself. So. What do I mean by all of this? It's really um, identifying what emotions you're feeling in your body and being able to um, to soothe yourself. I mean, there's a lady called Dr. Kristen Neff, who speaks about self-soothing. So if we're in a moment of um, loneliness, anxiety, fear, that we can actually meet ourselves there. And she claims that, you know, science supports that if you actually can um, hold yourself and physically soothe yourself, that it is akin with somebody else doing that for you. So, so actually physically, because I could just see yeah. you do it there, put your arms around yourself and you mm. almost
1: like give yourself a hug. Yeah. OK, That that really interesting. Especially now, Annie, because we've all been separated and been told mm. to stay at home for for many months now Mm, and obviously with social distancing hugging is not something that's really possible Mm. for us to do unless we are doing it with people we live with in our own homes but if you're living on your own say or if you're in a situation where you're not feeling that connection Mm. yeah be your own hugger that's that's interesting so the science supports that you still do you still get an oxytocin boost from doing that,
2: yeah, the cells in your body respond in the same way as Do if they? somebody else was to give you that hug. That's
1: so interesting. I never mm-hmm. actually heard that because yeah. I have always heard about you know that you know that's why having pets is so good for you because hugging a dog or a cat and 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 the lift that gives you. But I didn't realise. Mm. And actually, I can I can feel it already when you say it.
2: Mm, it's yeah, so yummy. Okay, mm-hmm. love that. it might make you look a bit odd, but hey <laughs> okay.
1: so what if it feels good, one of the other questions that came up in terms of being single was um I, I I think you would have seen it as well it was it was something like I'm single, but a lot of my friends are getting engaged or getting married, and I'm kind of expected to be happy for them, and I'm struggling with that.
2: That can oh, be tough, yeah, I mean, I can really feel that one myself. um yeah, there has been when when you're in a place where you you might wish these things for yourself at some point and it seems as if absolutely everybody else is experiencing them but you and um, there can be a lot of pain but what was what has always been helpful for me is to realize that there is enough love and um, for everyone you know that just because this person is now getting married or they're having a child or whatever it might be it doesn't mean there's any less of it going around for me. So I think if you can and um, if you can find it in your heart to have as much love for the person who is you know, celebrating this good news, but to have some for yourself, too, in terms of that kind of inner bonding work where you have to meet your own feelings. So don't leave yourself short. So if you're feeling sad or if you're feeling like um, I wish this was me or even if you're feeling a little bit jealous, Meet that and and, and tell yourself it's okay to feel this way. It actually is okay to feel this way.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
2: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss
0: plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Yeah, so to normalize that and to not then allow the voice of your inner critic to take over and say, oh, you're such a bad person, you're not able to be happy for your friend. So there's a few little... There's a few little tools that you have to exercise, I think, when it comes to those kind of really, really difficult situations. Watching your inner, the self-talk. Yeah. So I think that's self-talk, a Self-talk.
1: Annie, it's huge, isn't it? <laughs> it's huge. It's huge in every, again, mm. every aspect, but particularly when it comes to your wants and desires in terms of whether you're single or in a relationship, because... It's a self, what is a self fulfilling prophecy? Oftentimes, Mm. again, a lot of the messages that I was sent in last night for you on Instagram were, I'm attracting the wrong guy, you know, you know, I'm always this. I'm always that. And you're putting it out there to the universe. You're reaffirming Mm. that you're always going to attract a certain type of individual or that it's never going to work out. Or it, it was interesting. It was quite telling some of the messages. And oh, the wording that was sometimes. being used.
2: Yeah, the limiting beliefs that we can hold about love and our attitude towards love or our attitude towards men, towards women, towards relationships. It's so fascinating. That's why, uh, you know, we have so many blind spots ourselves. That's why it can be so helpful to work with another person who can help draw that out of you to Really shed light on what is it that you truly believe. so there's a the, really real real common ones are, are you know, if I'm single past this time or if if I've been divorced or if i am um, I'm separated, what does that mean about me? You know, um, am I a failure? Have I failed at life? Um, some other common ones, strongly held beliefs that people can hold is the idea that m- men are all all cheats, or you know I, I can't trust people. Um, so it's really digging down into okay Where identifying that comes from yeah identifying them first of all um yeah bringing compassion to the fact that you might actually believe this and then creating creating new thinking that's actually um accurate more accurate rather than positive you know because i think sometimes if we go into the school of like um complete positivity with all of our thinking that it can really bypass the emotional experience of what yeah. we're truly feeling yes so so that would be my belief that we move into thinking that's closer aligned with the reality of your situation rather than um the, the, the positive thinking so yeah i mean that that's That's one one tool um, to take a real close look at yourself, talk um. and like
1: if you have been if you have been hurt Mm. and you've been in a situation where the other person has 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 had an affair or has betrayed you in one way or another, Mm. of course, of course, you're going to be vulnerable about that in the next relationship or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to be worried. Will this happen again? Because Mm -hmm. you've been bloody hurt. That's right. And it takes time to heal, to grieve, to let go of that. And 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 then to realize that, you know, the next person is a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Um, And if you go into that relationship with that thinking, it, it, you can almost be willy, weirdly drawing it in because you're thinking it so much. And even just last week talking to Dermot Whelan, we were talking about your own your own inner critic. And I realized that when I catch myself at times, mine is still pretty powerful really potent and uh, and I have to just kind of stop myself thinking, did I, did I just say that about myself again? Did, did that come mm-hmm. out of my mouth? Very critical, very negative, it might be wrapped up in humour, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, And what am I doing? I'm just reaffirming. I'm making that a reality each and every time I say those words. But the same goes then when you switch up the language. Mm-hmm. And you switch those words for the good ones and the positive ones and the empowering ones and the ones that, that say you can do this and I do deserve better and I am good and I am worthy. And all of those things, when you draw that in,
2: Gorgeous. you can bring it in. It's great, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's so important. Gorgeous. Yeah, it is so important. And it is a mindset shift. But I think yeah. to even catch our inner critic... Uh, we have to be aware. So you have to develop your aware awareness enough to know that this is the voice of the inner critic rather than this is the voice of truth or this is my truth speaking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's where the power of knowledge and understanding of yourself comes in. You know, we can have so many little wounds that we pick up along the way. And if if I have a particular wound around self-image, which so many people have, I think you know yeah we all have some some little wounding around that that we can really pay attention to it mm-hmm. and we catch when the inner critic has 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 a go at us and we're able to respond in a really compassionate way because i think especially over this time where we've had space to really look at ourselves and we've had so much time on our own that uh, the voice of that inner critic can have you know she she can have she could run the show if you yeah, allow her yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she really can. Because I do work. You know, it's one thing having knowledge on a topic, but having to really manage it. It, it, it It's ongoing. It's ongoing of work. It is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because mm. I, I, that's why I suppose, again, why I wanted to sit down and have this chat with you, because when I put up and asked me anything a few weeks ago mm. on my own Instagram page, a lot of people asked me because they would have heard me speak about it before, about Uh, my thoughts on being single and embracing that phase Mm. for however long it was going to last same goes for um, my thoughts on on being a parent or not so I would have said before in the past that I I kind of had to get okay with maybe not being a mother that that was Mm. going to be my life's plan if that was what was meant to be so I had to make peace with that not Mm. being in my life to perhaps allow it to happen, if you catch my drift, that you gotta be open minded. And I think sometimes we need to to let go and really just um surrender to whatever's gonna happen. And that is really hard, particularly if you're a person that likes things a certain way and you're maybe a bit of a perfectionist and you know you strive for to be successful and, and good at what you do. It's very hard to sometimes just let let go of the reins, because it's it's scary mm. to be kind of floating at sea and not knowing where it's gonna go. But that's when that's when you allow some magic to trickle in, I think. Mm. Um, One of my favorite books is uh, The Seven Spiritual Laws by Deepak Chopra. And the law on that that always resonates for me is the law of detachment. Mm. And I think it's something that comes up a lot when people are talking about relationships and being single and not being single. It's that attachment we have to life being a different way Mm. and something be different. But actually, we actually have to let go of of knowing how everything is going to turn out. To, to allow something different to perhaps present itself.
2: Oh, I love that. And it's about accepting that I'm here right now, not forever. You know, this yes. is a stage of life rather than this is my forever. And I think if we can really try and even channel You gave a really good example of somebody, you know, who could be, um, you know, a perfectionist or somebody who's into controlling their life, you know, and how challenging it can be if you're one of these, if you're of this type and things are not going the way you'd like them to. And I think it's about nearly challenging those uh, or bringing those strengths um, to the act of acceptance you know what can i do on a daily basis that's really going to help me realize that this is now this may not be forever or to really just examine you know that fear of being single to really look at well what might my life look like if i am to be single and if there there is to be no children or whatever you know your particular pain point might be How could I design my life to be in a way that I would be really, really happy with it? And even how can I practice happiness today? Because we don't just transform from being super, um, you know down on our luck people to overnight we meet someone and then suddenly this person has made everything wonderful for me it's like okay there's a practice that's involved around being happy and i think sometimes we can overlook that you know we have the attitude that well shouldn't i just be happy with my circumstances and i would say no i think we really have to practice the art of being happy yes and being grateful happy now appreciative now
1: yeah Mm. whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. And as you said, it goes back to self image or how we feel about ourselves physically, what we what we think, what we feel, it's all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not easy um, to do that. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you about your um, your take on, on on manifesting, on goal setting, on setting intentions, because I'm I'm a big fan of them, but I will also say that I sometimes I'm always a bit cautious about this area as well, because I think sometimes it can be oversimplified mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that I remember it was an exercise I did myself where I, um, I got to I was told to write down a list of all of the qualities that you would love to have in a potential partner. Mm. So it can be words, it could be phrases, it could be sentences like the, it's like a magic wand. So whatever it is, and I filled up that page. <laughs> it's like, you know, everything from the frivolous, the superficial to the real deep, me- meaningful stuff It was all in there. And then a really interesting thing happened. I was asked, how many of those can you take about yourself? Mm. So other than maybe, you know, acknowledging physical attributes, uh, it, it was an interesting one where I actually had to examine and go, all right, do I see this in myself? Because if I can't see this in myself, How can I attract this in or how can I bring this vibration into my life? It was really, really interesting uh, quality. And I think sometimes a lot of us and I and I know I'm speaking from a a female perspective. I think a lot of women can fall into the trap of creating this dream image of this dream, this dream guy or this dream woman in their head that they want. And this has to be it. But then it has to be a case of, well, sometimes it's more effective. I think when you turn the light on yourself and you go, would I want to date myself? That's such a great question, isn't it? Mm. Would I actually like to hang out with me? Would I actually like to be in a relationship with me? (laughs) And if you don't like what you see, well, then maybe you need to examine why that is.
2: Mm. I love that. Yeah, you're such such a great question because that is ultimately what it comes down to. When I speak about the needs and getting clear on what your needs are in relationship. It can't be this isolated thing that I expect X, Y and Z of a partner, but yet I don't bring anything to the table. So, yes, if somebody is expecting a partner to be committed and loyal, but yet in their daily life they don't feel committed to themselves in any way, or they're not loyal to themselves in any way, then that's kind of the work that is their work to kind of bring you bring a little bit of attention to that because i do believe that we can we attract what we put out there so i do yeah. have a belief around that and when i do some visioning work with my clients again it's based in in feeling states as opposed to you know visual imagery it can also be complemented with visual imagery but what i find with the visual imagery sometimes is that you can actually end up with a picture-perfect example of the person that you're maybe perhaps looking for. Mm. And yet the, the feeling state is much more important Yeah. in terms of what it is that you really want in a partner. So it's if you can really kind of work on that feeling state, I think there's much more power in that. I love this. Can we talk about this a little bit more? Sure. This is really
1: interesting. Yeah. So the feeling state, how... How how do we get there? How do we, if we've never heard this before as a concept, how do we start to tune into mm-hmm. it? Because oftentimes mm-hmm. and I say this because I, <laughs> I hope she doesn't mind me mentioning this now because she's she's married now with two kids, it's fine. But we used to always take the piss out of her because she had this list. A friend of mine, right? It was like he had to, you know, he had to tan well and look good in the photos. And it was all this nonsense, frivolous stuff. Now, her husband is actually a fine looking creature. But like it was like we were just we kept saying I was about to say her name let go of that would you just let go of that stuff because that like that stuff doesn't matter at all and anyway life surprised her in a beautiful way and and it all worked out but I I, 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 I was worried (laughs) for a while it's like this constant list of things that this person had to have and we kind of said it jokingly and she probably said it a little bit tongue-in-cheek as well but there was an element of that that was kind of important to her do you know? Uh, so okay, so we've moved away from that stuff, which really uh, we all know at the end of the day, that's not stuff that matters. We move into the feeling state.
2: What is mm. that about? Well, I was laughing really hard there because I too was that woman. You know, oh, really. I... <laughs> 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 so many clients are when I give them the task ah. of doing the non-negotiables versus their negotiables list, they want to continue on the non-negotiables forever and ever. Okay. And really and truly, <laughs> that is, you know, it's 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 like um. It's an unreal expectation that we're we're setting ourselves up for if we're really expecting to have someone that we can, you know, kind of have a catalogue number and order him or <laughs> her out of Argos, you know, that, that, that isn't real. Um, so, yeah, we have to bring some realism to it. So the feeling state for me when I ex- explain it or describe it, it would be that I would bring a client through like a guided meditation where I would bring them to a place where they have felt a sense of security or safety before. If that is one of their non-negotiables, you know, I need to really feel safe in my next relationship. So we need to kind of really tap into what does that feel like in your body? Yeah, because I think lists are great, but they're really only working on this. You know, they're working on the brain, they're working on the mind, whereas the feeling state is much more alive in the cells in our body. And. I am really learning so much myself at the moment about trauma healing and all of the fantastic work um, that some trauma specialists have written about. I mean, uh, The Body Keeps the Score by, um, oh, how have I forgotten his name in this moment? Um, It'll come back to me. But there are so many wonderful people out there and there's so much science to support that, you know, there are parts of us, if we have been traumatized in the past, that will still remain held in the cells in our body so that Mm. when we're in relationship today, if that feeling state is triggered again, uh, we can be brought right back to that place of fear. And for a lot of the clients that I work with, there is so much fear in intimacy. There's so much fear. So bringing a client to that place of feeling safe in my body can be a really, really basic foundation to attract a safe, healthy, intimate relationship. Um, but equally, if you want to you know, move from safety to something like loyalty, to something like connectedness, it's the same idea. It's bringing your mind back to that place where your body remembers feeling connected, or your body remembers feeling uh, trust, or whatever state it might be, and to allow yourself to sit in that, you know, to really marinate in in how that feels in your body and then to, to build an imprint of it and to replicate it um, on a daily basis. Um, so that's what I mean when I refer to the feeling state, that I can bring myself there in my mind uh, around what it might be that I'm looking for in a relationship and um, have my body kind of replicate that without there being another person there in my life at the moment, but just to really remind the cells of my body what it feels like to be safe or to feel trusted in relationship so that I know it when it shows up, you know, my body can respond to that. I Mm. love this. It's so important.
1: It's so important for all of us because I think I think safety is it is the root of it. We need Mm. to feel grounded and we need to feel safe. We do in ourselves, whether we're on our own. But then if we are in a relationship, to have a fulfilling and real one that is mm. rewarding for both people,
2: mm-hmm. safety has to be the anchor. Safety is so yeah. huge, especially for anybody who's who's come out of a relationship that felt unsafe, that was toxic in any way. Yeah, and there are lots of people who can, you know, can be in those relationships today. And really bringing attention to all of that is so important yeah so and the
1: res- the residue of that can then mm. be brought forth into the next one
2: yeah i w- was in some someone who sent in a question was around you know i'm in a controlling relationship what do i do so it's really Knowledge, I think I wrote about it on my Instagram page today, knowledge is power, you know, educate yourself, you know, in the same way that you would educate yourself if you felt you had a skill set, you know, deficiency and you were at work, you would upskill in some way. So it's the same thing with relationships, you know. I think people forget that, you know, relationships are are the space that we just expect to hit the ground running with zero experience. Well, for some people with zero experience, with maybe very poor examples of good role models. And so what do I suggest those people do is 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 to just tap into some of the wonderful resources that exist out there if i'm to think of people off the top of my head who speak about relationships and um that i would certainly draw from or learn from it would be the likes of esther perel it would be the likes of stan tatkin um oh let me see there's so many uh, dr um she speaks a lot about unhealthy toxic relationships and trauma bonds and yeah again if if anybody has interest in this this um you know in in more information just contact me on my um instagram page i'm i'm the relationshipcoach.ie knowledge is just so powerful you know in terms of get to know yourself so how can you get to know yourself or even how can you get to know how to fulfill yourself seek support like if you're if you're struggling to do this alone you, you, there are choices out there you don't have to do it alone seek the help of a professional that would be one place to start and you know deal with your pains deal with your heartbreak deal with your loss don't feel you have to move on to another stage just because there there, there is some kind of um urgency you know for a lot of women they they claim their age is the urgency you know in terms of a biological clock if they're looking if they're focusing on having children um you you really have to as we've spoken about really accept and try as hard as it is to embrace where you're at and in and to do that can be to look inwards and to really understand yourself um learn how to love and heal yourself you know we spoke about self-talk um how do you treat yourself how do you think what attitudes do you hold about love um And meeting your feelings, really become emotionally intelligent. Understand what it is that your body is um, communicating communicating to you. you. Yeah. Yeah. And it always is. It always is. And we just have to stop with the mask of everything is okay when underneath it may not be.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and, And also enhance relationship skills. You know, if you feel I'm in a relationship and we're not great at communicating or we struggle when it comes to conflict or I struggle with conflict. Seek the support of, uh, you know, a trained marriage relationship counselor, relationship coach, whoever it might be. Make sure they're a good fit for you, though, Uh, because I think that that connection is really important. And you have to feel that you're really seen and heard with your with your therapist, because otherwise it's it's, it's kind of a a waste of time. Um, But yeah, so relationship skills, look at that and learn how to be interdependent, interdependent in love. Yeah, that's a big
1: one. I'm going to get to more questions in my phone, if that's okay. Mm. So another question that was sent in on Instagram was uh, my question is this. How do I deal with reducing anxiety
2: having taken a break from dating in the past year? It's a good question because it reflects how a lot of people feel who've reached that kind of online dating fatigue and what, what, to do, what to do with it. So she's telling us that she's taken a break in the last year. We don't know maybe what happened prior to that that led her to the decision, you know, I'm going to take this break, but we're going to imagine that it's online dating fatigue, for example. Um, so getting back into it again, I think, uh, my, my suggestion would be that she takes it slowly and she takes it at her own pace. Um, When it comes to dating anxieties, um, a good resource is Attached, a book called Attached. It really outlines our attachment styles. So one of the four attachment styles is, is, you know, anxiously attached or preoccupied. And that can really help to understand my behaviors, my anxious behaviors in relationship. So for somebody who's anxiously attached or preoccupied, It can be this this kind of constant source of like maybe checking to see is there a response or if somebody has sent you a message. Oh, my goodness. Why haven't they replied immediately? What are they thinking of me? So it's actually it can be really, really hard to live in in anxiety of any kind. But if you have an anxious attachment style, again, it can be. Oh, let me see. Am I going to use the right word here? Exacerbated, perhaps by being in relationship or dating somebody who's avoidant because an avoidant partner is going to want to need more distance. So they will kind of pull away and the anxious partner will probably want to bridge that cl- that, that space and yeah. be more more close in relationship. So that dance of avoidance, an- that anxious avoidant dance is, is really common in in dating and it can cause it can be such a source of um, questioning yourself and saying what's wrong with me that I feel and again air quotes needy you know we are all needy we're human beings we're designed to connect with other people but if we're over exercising this kind of need this sort of feeling of it's almost like a craving that I need somebody else to to be here for me notice that and just respond to that behavior rather than you know, fuel a a, a thought that tells you there's something wrong with me. Mm. Mm.
1: A lot of questions as well about uh, dating during this time, using apps. Mm. A lot of people being quite disillusioned Mm -hmm. with dating apps Mm. and the process. What would your recommendation be or would you be able to advise them to go a certain direction or online sites that are good? Mm. Because obviously dating, particularly now,
2: is very different. It's very different. Uh, what I like about dating now is that you can take a walk with somebody you can have a date that is um, very PG in terms of being able to grab a coffee grab a tea um, and and do I suppose you know apply the same rules don't like using the word rules but you know apply the same kind of principles you would if you were dating outside of COVID so you know set up a date, meet somebody, spend an hour in their company, see how you get on and take it from there. So we can still social distance. We can still meet with people and and do those things outdoors. So there is a little bit of a reliance on the weather, I suppose, working in your favor. That's the only thing at the moment. But in the next couple of weeks things will be opening so we'll still be able to date in, you know, my personal experience and clients' experience is that uh, online space is a little bit busier at the moment. People have realised, okay, I don't have the same opportunity to meet people in the way I once did um, in real life, or at least I mightn't have as many opportunities to do that. So, um, so online seems to be a real, real, you know, it's a, it's the same opportunity, I suppose it was pre-COVID, except people now are maybe more aware of the fact that they might have to put in a little bit more effort there. So there's more conversation happening in that space and then if you're framing dating in a very healthy way it's less about do they like me do they like me it's more about okay does this person seem like they would be a good fit for me I always think when when clients come to that point there's a little bit of liberation around dating when they can reframe the thinking from you know wondering what the other person thinks about them to what do I think about this person Mm. what do I think about how this date how do I feel even in this state? And meeting your feelings I think is a is a really good place to assess um, you know, do I want to do I want to do this again? Yeah. Do you have any personal recommendations
1: on sites that are that are good that you would oh. feel confident to direct people towards?
2: Mm. So p- common ones, bumble, tinder, hinge, they seem to be the most common uh, dating sites that most people are using at the moment. So look, closing
1: thoughts before I let you go, and I think it's it's already been said in so many different ways. But I think if anyone is listening to this and they are struggling with wherever they're at, I suppose acceptance is a huge mm. step huge. on the path to, to change, which is having to embrace. This is where I am currently at, but also trusting. And it may not always be this way. Mm. But also let's get realistic with ourselves, um, I suppose, is 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 a big one, isn't it?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, being being really honest with yourself and I think asking yourself, how are you valuing yourself? You know, if you're in a particular relationship that doesn't feel good for you or if you're at that point where the relationship with yourself doesn't feel like you're valuing yourself enough to really take steps to improve that, because there's lots of people out there who are able to support and help you through it. So so for me, that would be the biggest takeaway. Yeah, Yeah, don't 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 do it all alone. You don't have to you mm. don't
1: have to be in the relationship you don't have to have the kids to feel like you are worthy absolutely so whatever it is that looks like for you mm. you know you're already there yeah. and you're already brilliant but you have to trust in that trust yeah that's yeah. a big
2: one yeah mm.
1: Annie thank you so much for this conversation I know we kind of just it was just tip of the iceberg because it's so huge and it's obviously become your life study mm. um, and you're passionate about it and I really appreciate you sharing with us that was absolutely gorgeous thank you Oh, thank you Sheila At the moment, Annie works with clients remotely one-to-one, but she's also in the process of designing online programs. And if you'd like to work with her, or you're simply interested in some dating or relationship advice, check out her Instagram page. You'll find her at therelationshipcoach.ie. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with your friends and take a moment to rate, review, and hit subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations. Market.